because of the shedding of the blood, we have mercy. Mercy is procured for us. Father, we thank you for mercy. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for grace. We thank you for mercy and we thank you for grace. And we bless you today, our Father. Wave your hands to him all over this place. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the supply of your spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. So we proclaim the liberty of the spirit in this place this morning. And we declare that your word will have a free course in the midst of us. We ask that you breathe upon your word this morning. Let it minister grace to every hearer. Let it lead to life transformation. We receive healings as we listen to your word this morning. We receive transformation. And we declare no one will be the same again. Holy Spirit, have your way in the midst of your people. Speak through me this morning and cause our hearts to be open to receive the engrafted work that is able to save our souls. We bless you and we praise you, our Father. In Jesus' precious name. Can I hear you better? Amen. Amen. I want to, first and foremost, uh, I want us to make welcome everyone joining us from all of our expressions this morning, even up to Canada. Let's, let's welcome them. Let's, let's welcome them. Praise God. And everyone joining online from different parts of the world, we also want to welcome you uh, to this service today and uh, this time of sharing the word. We believe that this will be a great blessing to you in the name of Jesus. From all around the city, our expressions are joining the service this morning uh, from uh, Mainland, Maryland, Ikeja to Ikorodu to uh, Greater Lekki here. Uh, and like I said before, Greater Toronto area. We welcome everyone. I want you to put distractions away from you and get ready to be blessed by the preaching and teaching of God's word this morning. In Jesus' name. Uh, before I get into the word, I just feel like this will bless somebody today. You know, the testimony of this morning, how God brings new beginnings into people's lives. Sometimes the new beginning is in specific area of your life, specific area, like a new beginning in your marriage and your marital destiny. Some other time the new beginning is in your career. Some other time it's just a vocation that needs a refresh or reset. Some other times just your emotional life. This emotional roller coaster needs to come to an end. God wants to bring you to the place of stability. The place of stability. A place of st and when we engage you know, the, the Word of God, when we engage God's divine presence, we start to see something new. You know, the Bible says the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So there are three forces, kingdom forces, the force of righteousness, the force of peace, and the force of joy. And the certain things they do in our lives, they bring new beginnings. When, when I continually, continuously engage the force of righteousness, I see myself as not a, a self-righteous person. I embrace what Christ has done, and that starts to bring transformation into a, the way I think. I'm going to get into that in a bit. It starts to, it, it, it starts to just reconfigure my mind. I'm not the one struggling with sin. I've received a new nature. So there's a force of righteousness that is at to work within me. If I live in the denial of the force of righteousness, I keep struggling like the one who is separated from God. But everyone that is joined with God as a force of righteousness working within them. When I come into full recognition and realization of the operations of that force, it's a game changer in my life. It's the same thing with the force of peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace according to the prophecy of Isaiah. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And when the force of peace is at work in my life, what makes other people fret and agitate will not be able to, you know, unravel me. I, 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 things, a thousand before by my right hand, ten thousand by my left. The Bible says, with my eyes I will behold the reward of the wicked, but nothing shall by any means hurt me or touch me. Because the force of peace keeps evil at bay. But when I refuse to acknowledge the workings of the force of peace, I start to attract. Though I've been, I've been covered, but you know, there's a point you get to where you attract what God has separated from you 
to the point that it get closer to you. That will not be your portion this year. And the same thing also with the, with the force of joy. I enforce the, I mean, just, just sitting down on your own, you got one not so good report and you're just laughing. Yeah. You know, we start from the flesh, we end in the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Is somebody still with me this morning? Look at your neighbor, just, just, just laugh at them as if something is. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> you know, part of the ways you practice this thing, I mean, when you just look at your spouse and you just point at and you're just laughing, and the person is wondering what's happening, he says, nothing, it's just, I'm just enforcing the first enjoyment. And you say, mind yourself, I'm minding myself. You know, because some people cannot take you laughing at them. And those are the kind of people you should use for practice more. <laughs> praise God. I said, praise God. So, how do you walk in the fullness of that to change something from within and to recognize critical junctures in destiny? A brother was sharing a testimony with me similar to the testimony that we had um, earlier in the service about uh, this person who just felt a signal to change, uh, to move from paid employment uh, to, you know, to set up an enterprise. Uh, I, I, I met a young man in this church uh, late December and was sharing his testimony with me. He said, Pastor, 2016, uh, 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 um, what, New Year's Eve service. 2016, New Year's Eve service. My wife and I were coming to church, just uh, newlywed, coming to church, and my wife told me, have you written your goal? You know, PG said we should write down our goals. So the prayer writer at the White Night Service said, yes. He said, that shirt business that you've been talking to me about, did you include it? The guy said, no. He said, right, you add it. It's time for you to consider it. And so the voice of his wife was almost like the voice of the spirit to him. Tell your neighbor, listen to your spouse. <laughs> he wrote it and added it to it. He said, as they were driving out of the New Year's Eve service, uh, he started to feel like he should do something about that. He said, by uh, the 13th of February, no, 7th of February, 2017, he got delivery of the first 40 shirts. Before now, he was working as a videographer or cinematographer. Works on set, producing movies and all that. He said he got, but the only thing was that, he said for the last, I think he said for, for the last 20 years of his life or so, he never bought a shirt from the rack. He always designs his own shirt, gives it to somebody to sew, and that's what he wears. <laughs> so obviously, this spirit of shirt has been on him for long. He just didn't realize it. <laughs> I don't know how to call it, so permit my language. So he said, the 40 shirt, he thought it would take him about 30 days, it would sell. This is, was still a side also. But he said, when he put it up, I think on, uh, on social media or something, he sold the 40 shirt, I think he said in two hours. Then he knew that something has gone right. Yeah. You know sometimes some people only recognize when something has gone wrong. Yeah. May God give you seeing eyes, understanding heart, to know when something has gone right. Yeah. So he said, that was it. That 2017, I think he said um, he made like 7 million naira from that, and he, he still thought, yeah, we're just, but by the end of 2018, uh, it was 18 million, and that was when he told himself, enough of this other job, this videography, uh, more money is coming from here right now, and this is the, the real gig. As he was talking to me, um, I, I think that must have been, I don't know whether 30th or, no, maybe 2nd or 1st of January this year, he said 2019, um, his books were saying something around 43 or 42 million. Yeah. And he said, Pastor, I made a good decision to focus on this. He gave me stories about the guy, I mean, the, the people who work for him, and how one of the people who work for him has now expanded his business, more staff, you know, and all that. So he said, I'm creating jobs, I'm doing all kinds of things, I'm feeling more fulfilled with this. I'm just sharing this for somebody. I mean, I have plenty of testimonies. Somebody shared a testimony with me of what happened just this year 
somebody, a company saw her on LinkedIn. They said, uh, we want to recruit you. Uh, she saw the number of years that they were asking for as experience. Then she recommended her boss and sent her boss uh, CV and all that. And they still rejected her and said, it's you we want. As I'm talking to you right now, she has an offer and everything. And it was a multinational. Says, How do a multinational go after somebody who is less qualified when the person has, it's just God. Yeah, it's just God. And that God is still at work within you. I said, that God is still at work within you. And geography is not a barrier. Wherever you are, God is there. God is working something out. A new beginning is starting in somebody's life. In the precious name of Jesus. But for us to have a new beginning, or to engage fully a new beginning, we need to think about it from the point of view of a new life. For us to have a new life, we must have new thinking. Because change starts from within. Our anchor scripture for this series a new you is from Isaiah 43, from verse 18. He said, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You know, sometimes God likes to flex. Yeah, just to talk about what he can do. And he does it to signal his people. And the whole of the Bible is replete with God showing off sometimes and just saying, look, this is what I can do. When there's a people to believe me, to come into alignment with me, to engage the forces of the kingdom of God. This is what I can do. This is what I can do. This is what I can do. And this is one of such places in the Bible where God was just saying, look, this is what I can do. Sometimes it will remind Israel, have you forgotten how I parted the Red Sea? Have you seen anybody parted, you know, anything like that before? You know, talk about how Israel walked over Jordan, you know, not just that the water parted, but on dry ground. Yeah, dry. And there's water on both sides, and it's dry. You know, <laughs> when you read that part of the Bible, you're just supposed to do like this. Yeah. That God... You are, you are God indeed. And there's certain things that only God can do. Yeah. Are you still with me today? We are in that season when we need to focus on the things that only God can do. Yeah. Because somebody's still thinking of how certain things are going to change about my life. It's time for you to see it more from the standpoint of the supernatural. And that if God that we have can change anyone, can change anything, can change any situation. Can I get an amen to that? So God said, forget the former things. I'm about to do a new thing. I'm about to do a new thing. I'm about to do a new thing. Look at your neighbor for me. Say, time for a makeover. Say it again. Say, it's time for a makeover. So speaking on what a title this morning, it's time for a makeover. Time for a makeover. Time for a makeover. Lamentations chapter 3. Verse 22 and 23. Lamentation chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. The Bible says, Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassion fail not. They are new every month, every week. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Bible says his compassion fails not. His mercies, they don't fail. They are new every morning. So if we, if we walk with a God who operates in daily newness, we cannot continue to live old standard life. Glory be to Jesus. They are new every morning. Every morning. New every morning. One thing that will take, I mean, that, that will separate a people from engaging the power of newness to be able to walk with God is complacency or getting used to what we have been used to. Beginning to stay where we are. I love to read another scripture. And I'm reading all these scriptures deliberately, not just to create a premise. 
for what I'm talking about, but for each and every one of us to engage because the power to transform is in the Word of God. It's in the Word of God. For each and every one of us to engage. Isaiah 32, I read from verse 9 of Isaiah 32. It says, Rise up, you women who are at ease. Hear my voice, you complacent daughters. Give ear to my speech. In a year and some days, you will be troubled. You complacent women, for the vintage will fail. The gathering will not come. Tremble, you women who are at ease. Be troubled, you complacent ones. Strip yourself, make yourself bare, and guard sackcloth on your waist. People shall mourn upon their breast for the pleasant field, for the pleasant field, for the fruitful vine on the land of my people will come up thorns and briars. Yes, on all the happy homes in the joyous city. Because the, place, the palaces will be forsaken, the bustling city will be deserted, the fort and towers will become liars forever. A joy of wild donkeys, a pasture of flocks. Until, somebody say until. until. Say it again, say until. until. That means that's an auspicious moment. That's a time that something will turn around. The prophet here was describing what God was about to do because of the complacency of the people and what will happen that may wake them up. And he said, until the spirit is poured upon us from on high, when that happens, that the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is counted as a forest. So there's a working of the spirit that turns things around. There's a working of the spirit that turns things around. There are many ways that people engage transformation or renewal. Sometimes it can be internal, and other times it can be external. So internal and external. Internal and external. Today we're going to talk about looking more at internal makeover, which yield external makeover eventually because uh, we, we, we are renewed from within and it has external effect. And the scripture says here that uh, in, in Isaiah 32 that we read that sometimes external things look, you know, gloomy. Look, you know, external things look bad. But when there's a working of the spirit from within, it can engineer an external change. Many years ago, I read a story in a book, and it's a story of uh, how an association in America, the Association of America's, uh, I think, hairstylists and, uh, and, and barbers, they, they, they had an association and they wanted to have a convention. And while they were preparing for this convention, some committee sat and thought about how can we prove to people that we are change agents, we're transforming lives, change people's lives, make people feel better about themselves, and cause people to change. And then, so they, they, they came up with a strategy. They said, we're going to uh, just launch a campaign to let people see how uh, American uh, barbers and hairstylists, uh, the kind of impact they're making in the society. So they thought about it. This is how we're going to do it. Where we do a makeover for a person, present them, and let people see what we can do to the life of a person. So they went, they got a good idea to go to a slum. And they got this young man who was really battered and tattered and looked very terrible in the slum. And they picked this, this young man out, uh, told him they have a job for him. So he agreed to follow them, you know, because, uh, you know, boys in the slum are always very busy with all kinds of nefarious activities. And you have to, you have to drop, like we say to be able to get their attention. So they uh, gave him some money and said, look, we have a job for you. For the next two weeks, we're going to engage you. You're going to make a lot of money. And so the guy, you know, his face lit up and got excited, and then he followed them. So they said, the first thing is that uh, um, we, want to, we, want to, we want to work on you, but we're going to pay you for it. And the guy said, no problem. And then you're going to work for us. We have a, a convention in two weeks. You're going to work for us. So they took this guy, lodged him in a hotel, uh, took him to one of the best association members' uh, place. Uh, they 
gave him a very good haircut, gave him a wash, you know, took him to a boutique, bought him nice designer suit, tie, everything, nice shoes, nice shirt, you know, all that. But they cleaned him up, generally. Uh, the only thing was that before they did that, they took a picture of him. The way he was looking as they were leaving the ghetto. Took a picture of him. And then they did all this, and then took him to a photo studio, and they did a photo shoot. You know, that kind of photo shoot where they just, you know, arrange everything, lights, everything, camera, pa, 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 you know, they did all that. And they got somebody to do a life-size photo frame of him. In the morning of the convention, this guy had been staying in the hotel. They were taking care of him. They brought him in to usher people in, to shake hands with people. They had a life-size photo frame of him at the entrance of the convention uh, center. So as people were coming in, they had a big banner. See what American uh, you know, barbers and hairstylists can do in the life of a person. They put a picture from the ghetto and then his picture after the makeover. And people were coming into the lobby and looking at the, you know, his pictures and were saying, wow, wow. And then to top it up, the young dude himself would then come out with a swag and say, welcome. Welcome to the conference. Welcome to the conference. And people were just wow. And he went and made a powerful presentation, you know, got a lot of accolades and all that. The convention was over. Convention was over. This guy's job was over, and then they said thank you, paid him his balance and all that, and then uh, most of them went on holiday. It was, uh, it's been a long time of working, and he himself just went away. And then when he resumed back at work, some of them were just chatting one day, and one of them said, ah, that young chap that we had for the, the convention, I think I would like to hire him. He did quite well. He comported himself, you know, and all that. So the guy was like, I'll send somebody to go and get him. So they, they, they went to the ghetto and they, they asked for him. The name he gave them, obviously, you know, you know ghetto names and all that. Django or something like that. So, I mean, or, sorry, he gave them his real name, but the name at the ghetto was different. So it's like saying, we're looking for Michael. And I, uh, at the ghetto, it was uh, Michaela or something like that. <laughs> so they got there and they just couldn't get this guy. And then they were showing them picture of him in suit. So it dawned on them that ah, we need to get that old picture. Even if we don't know his name. So they went and got the old picture, a copy of the old picture. The moment they, in five minutes, they got him out. Yeah. When they got him out, he looked exactly the same way he looked when he just came to get him. Exactly the same way he looked. And then they looked at themselves and they said, we can't hire, the guy said, I can't hire this guy. This was not the guy I wanted to hire. It was the one in suit that was, you know, that was the one. And, but, you know, the big deal about the story was the fact that American hairstylists and barbers can change the exterior of a man, but they cannot change the interior of a man. Yeah. You can take a man from the slum, but you may not be able to take the slum out of the man. Because change, a real makeover, starts from within. Say amen, somebody. Yeah, starts from within. Praise God. It's important for us to know that our internal structures are formed through, um, when I mean our internal structure, what we want to change, they are formed through nature and nurture. And we're products of both our genetic code, which is our nature, and our environment, which is the nurture. But if you ask yourself the question, how do, you, how do I engineer an internal change that can lead to a new life? I'm speaking to how do I re reconstruct myself from inside? And like I said, internally, it's nature and nurture. My DNA and my background. But you know the truth? Those are two things that I cannot do anything about. I can't do anything about my DNA. Yeah. Somebody chose it for me. I can't do anything about, you know, where I've been, what I've been through, the environment I grew up, you know, and all. I can't do much about all that. And those things have contributed a lot. You can't reverse the primary school you attended. That was where you attended. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And whatever influence 
or influences that came in from there and constructed something from your inside, that's what you have. The only thing that I can change right now is my capacity to make the right decisions. In spite of my DNA and where I've been. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still here? Very important. Capacity to make the right decisions. So from back, different forces try to determine your internal composition. Let's look at an x-ray of your internal structure. One, thoughts, patterns, belief system, attitudes. Bible says in Proverbs 23 and verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So my thought is who I am. And many things contribute to how I think. How I think about marriage, how I think about work, how I think about starting a business, how I think about you know, relationships with people, how I think about academics, how I think about many things. How I think about how, how, you know, how I relate with neighbors, how I relate with colleagues at work. All those things are things that have been formed in me. Glory be to Jesus. And what you meditate on internally is what will manifest externally. That's what will manifest externally. Luke 6 and, and verse 45, you know, Scripture talks about the fact that a good man is out of the good treasure of his heart that he brings out, you know, good things. What has been formed in there is what you bring out. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things because those things have been stored inside there. Those are the things that we're dealing with when we want to have an internal makeover. Also, another thing is diet. And I talked about thought patterns, belief system, attitude, but another one is diet. What are you ingesting? What are you ingesting? What's been said to you or modeled to you? Because some people have lived in a home, for instance, where there's no peace growing up. So you, you cannot even understand, because that's what has been modeled to you, how a home can be run in peace. A young man can be listening to me from any part of the world this morning, maybe from far away Canada or different places, any of our expressions. All you got used to growing up is seeing someone who got drunk at least three times a week. And that's the authority figure in your life. Serious <laughs> time to talk to me. Serious, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> so all, all you, all you, all you, you, you've seen is the authority figure that models something else to you. That's what you ingested. That has been a regular part of your life. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah, it's been a regular part of your life. I mean, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, yesterday, we, uh, my family, we celebrated uh, the 10th anniversary of my dad's passing. He passed in his 80s about 10 years ago. I mean, 10 years ago, exactly 10 years ago. And I sat there while that was going on, and I was thinking to myself all the things that entered me from this house and from the life of this man whose passing was celebrating. It was a very small gathering, just the kids coming together and just, you know, say prayer and all that. And I was just thinking through it. I grew up knowing my dad with his many wives and concubines. And you know, there's a way you can ingest certain things and they either enter your heart to make a decision that this is how I'm going to live or you become, you know, you are repulsed by what is going on that you tell yourself never again? Yeah. A man and a, uh, and a colleague gave birth to a, a set of twins, two boys. Growing up in the house where the man got drunk like three, four times a week and perhaps molested their mom, made noise, broke things and all that, one looked at the man and thought the man was having fun. Two boys from the same womb and said, this may not be a bad way to leave. The other one looked at the man and said, never again. They grew up into their 40s. One turned out like their father. The other one had an internal makeover that just changed because he was able to say, 
never again. Can you let me tap your neighbor? What have you ingested? So, talk about thoughts, patterns, belief system, I mean, belief system, attitude, then diet, what you have ingested. Another thing is the emotions. Feeling fearful, depressed, overwhelmed will affect the way you live your life. Some of us have gotten so accustomed to certain emotions, we think that's the only way to live. Can I look at somebody this morning and let you know there's a better way to live emotionally than the way you have lived your life in the past few years, in the past decade? There's a better emotional state that you can be consistently. I spoke earlier on about the forces of the kingdom. They are positive forces. The force of peace. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Because the world doesn't have any peace to give to anybody. There's pleasure in the world, but it's different from peace. <laughs> and you can have pleasure without peace. But Jesus said, I'm the prince of peace. My covenant of peace I will not break with you. Those are all the things you read in the scriptures. The big question this morning that somebody may be asking is, can I really change? Can I really change? Can I really change? It's a good place for us to read Jeremiah chapter 13. Uh, I think from like verse 23. Because there was a big question there. If a leopard can change its spots. Jeremiah chapter 13 verse 23 said, Can the Ethiopian change its skin or the leopard its spots? Then may you also do good who are accustomed to do evil. In this, uh, 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 in this, this, that verse 23, it was talking to serious issues. God was speaking to, to, to Israel through the prophet Jeremiah and was talking about some of the things he wanted to do and the fact that their, 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 their nature and the way they were misbehaving was stopping him. And was saying, look, I've seen all your shenanigans, but the key issue for me is that I'm struggling to see how you're going to change without me. <laughs> how you're going to change without me. Say, so can an Ethiopian change his skin? An Ethiopian man should be like, you know, black. Can a black skin just change anyhow? People try these days with bleaching. Yeah? There are all kinds of uh, <laughs> terrible bleaching systems. Someone on social media not too long ago, somebody was warning them that don't kill yourself. Yeah. And you know the funny thing? Caucasians, especially during summertime, they want to look uh, ruddy and all that, and you know, they will now dry themselves in the sun like cocoa. <laughs> yeah, some tanning, we call it, yeah. Yeah, so to look a bit, you know. Uh -huh. And then, in this part of the world, if you live in Africa, we also then, some people, not we, some people, also then want to look light-skinned and, you know, do all kinds of things. But you know all those things are skin deep. You cannot change your DNA. Yeah. That's what God was saying here. A leopard cannot change his spot. But there's something that can happen from within that transcends how you look from the outside. Bring the necessary change that can turn your life around. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. It is God that is at work within us. Philippians 2 and 13, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I don't care where you have been, what you have ingested, what emotions you've lived with, an internal makeover <laughs> affects how you start to make your decisions in a better way. I can't change my DNA. I can't change my nurture, everywhere I've been, and all kinds of things, family, school, what have you. But if I can allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life, 
those things will no longer affect my decisions in life. And then I can fulfill my destiny. That's what we talk about when we talk about internal makeover. Are you still with me this morning? So I can grow up in a house with an alcoholic father, can grow up, grow up uh, as a lady in a house with, with, a, with a mother that is, you know, just a little less than a prostitute or however you want to say it. I can, I can be in a family where there are trends. I'm going to get into it in a bit. But yet, my own life will not align with that trend because it's an internal makeover that has been engineered by the Spirit of God. It is God that is at work within me to will and to do of his good pleasure. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Or say better amen, somebody. Amen. Engineer your internal makeover. Lastly, engineer your internal makeover. And I have some suggestions on how we can engineer our internal makeover. Look at your neighbor for me. Say, God is changing you from inside out. Say it again. Say, God is changing you from inside out. Renew your mind. Romans 12 and verse 2. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. The Bible says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. What is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? Many people are living in the permissive will of God because you don't know the will of God because you are not acquainted with his word. A renewed mind has the ability to do great things. That's what a renewed mind will do, great things. Give me Proverbs 20 and verse 27. The Bible talks about the effect of the light that comes upon a mind. Proverbs 20 and verse 27. So the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inward depths of the heart. The, the spirit of man, you know, has the capacity to search. And when that spirit is enlightened by the Holy Spirit, then uh, there's illumination from within. When there's illumination, we think differently. We're empowered. An illuminated mind is an empowered mind. Bible talks about, I mean, Paul, the way he described the mind of unbelievers, said their minds have been darkened. This year, 2020, receive light in your mind. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Or somebody say, better amen. amen. Look at your neighbor for me and tell your neighbor, it's time to renew your mind. Get acquainted with the word of God. Understand God's, God's will for your life. And walk in the fullness of it. Somebody may be asking the question, how do I renew my mind? You renew your mind with the word of God. You put it side by side. This is the way I'm thinking, but this is what the word of God says. So, I pray that the Holy Spirit will empower me to have a mind shift. You know, when you sit down and you listen, or you watch something, and you're doing like this, and you're saying, wow, wow. There's a mind renewal that's going on. The only thing is, the Bible says we should not be hearers only, but doers. To then follow through, to go and do something. That's what is important. Number two is deal with strongholds. By strongholds, you know, when I was growing up as a believer, we used to think that strongholds are in the hair. Or, you know, strong, the stronghold is a military terminology when they build like a fort place where they stand to resist attacks. But this stronghold, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, uh, the Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they're not kind of but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. These strongholds, I mean, uh, they, they, you know, because we're talking about weapons, all the words used there are like military terminologies. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 uh, and verse 3, can you put, it, put that up for me? For the weapons of our warfare are not... Uh, Okay, though we, though, he said, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, verse 4, are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Weapons, strongholds, military setting. But this war is a battlefield. The battlefield is my mind. Not anywhere physical. 
He said, we do not fight physical wars. That's how some more recent translations put it. Our war is in the mind. We are dealing with thoughts that are limiting and defeating thoughts. We are living, I mean, we are dealing with imaginations. Things that have been lodged there through it, something that you saw as a teenager. Through your first experience at trying to love somebody. And you got this overdose of rejection that 20 years later is still affecting you. That's a stronghold. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying this morning. Yeah. Strongholds. Things that have been lodged there that resist God's plans and God's will for you. Like a military base will resist a positive influence or resist a negative influence, let me put it that way, naturally. That's how a stronghold works. The Bible says we can pull down the strongholds. We can deal with thoughts and imaginations through the word of God. Hebrews 4 and verse 12, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And he said, you know, it's the designer of art and the intent of, the intent of art and it. Hebrews yeah, Hebrews 4 and verse 12. And it's the designer of the thoughts and intent of heart. Verse, verse 13. Give me verse 13. And there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we, have, we must give account. The word of God, when I open myself up to it, you know the problem today is that most Christians behave as if the word of God doesn't exist. It's not a priority in our lives. Our minds cannot change when we live that way. When you cannot create a regular habit to study the word of God, to listen to messages, to ingest the right things. Because my mind has to be affected positively and the most positive force in the universe are the words of Christ. Yeah. That's the most positive force in this universe. The word of God. Most positive force in the universe is the word of God. How come that's what everything is trying to cover me from and to shield me from? Yeah. My job tries to shield me, shield me from positive influence of the world, of the word of God. My, my busy schedule, my, you know, all, all kinds of things. You know, as a pastor, I talk to people and uh, you want to start a conversation, they tell you, let's put Christianity aside or the word aside. Let's face What else is remaining? That's the only positive force in the universe. Yeah. You're saying, let's get into negativity as we are getting into this matter. Let's not bring any positive force from God, from the creator of the universe, into this. And you want me to stay in it with you? No. 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 It's because people don't understand Christianity. They thought Christianity is a religion. So they're trying to say, don't bring your religious mind into this. But they're not saying it properly. I'm not a religious person. I'm a man of positive influence. Influenced by the most positive force in the universe. That's the word of God. So when I listen to the word of God, when I read the word of God, I'm washing my mind with the most positive force in the universe. Are you still with me today? Because that's the only thing that can deal with these strongholds. Ephesians chapter 6, when the Bible was describing from verse 13 down to 18 about the, the hammer of God, the last one there, I think in verse 17 or 18, it said, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The only offensive weapon that we have is the sword of the Spirit. Every other weapon is protective, with breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, you know, all those things. The only one that is offensive is the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. The word of God. The word of God. This year, 2020, somebody here, you need to engage the word like never before. You need to engage the word. Recognize and break negative patterns by praying and acting on God's word. Yeah. Recognize and break negative patterns. You know what people say about negative patterns? That's how it happens in our family. Your real family is not only this natural family. You now belong to the family of God. Yeah. If marriages break and nobody stays in a marriage for so long in your family, it's because there's a trend. 
Ordinarily, I mean, spiritual parlance, they said, is familiar spirit. Whatever you choose to call it is a trend, it's a pattern. Recognize that there has to be something that is contrary to the most positive force in the world that's making that negativity to reoccur. It's either there's an unbridled anger that all of us have gotten accustomed to based on where we're coming from. So that we don't allow people to talk and then the marriage breaks down eventually. Or we are so anxious about life, we don't do our due diligence and we keep marrying the wrong persons. So if you, in that, you have seen that kind of pattern within the family, you backtrack a bit, sit with the word of God. What is the biblical provision for a solid home that will last forever? Then you align with it, you will break that pattern. Yeah. You'll break that pattern. There's no familiar spirit that can stop you when the most positive force in the universe is the one ruling in your heart. None. I think it was the Bishop Terry Jake that told the story about how his dad died, I think, before 50. His, his grandfather died before 50. You know, in this part of the world, we say, ah, strong familiar spirit. Yeah. It looked, I mean, the man is over 60 right now. About Ten years ago or so, he looked at himself and said, I'm crossing 50. Yeah. He said, what's the major order? I think it was heart problem, palpitation, the obesity, and all that. And he took on a diet program. I mean, he, he, he told a story about sometimes he will finish preaching. You know, he's an energetic preacher. He gets into his office, they're banging his chest because his heart is palpitating. And he had to face it Gather medical help, everything, with prayer, with diet, with nutrition, everything. The man has crossed 60. He is the first to cross, I think, in like last four generations. You can break patterns. <laughs> you can break patterns. You can break patterns. There's no spirit that's bigger than the word of God. Evil spirits were created by the word of God. <laughs> so their oppressions have to be subject to the word of God. You know what the Bible says in John chapter 1 about Jesus? He said he created everything. Yeah. Uh, John 1, I think, was uh, 8, 9, and 10 or so. Uh, the world became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Uh, you know, uh, um, there's a particular verse I'm looking at. Where, where he, 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 can you help me look for it? Where he said, uh, without him, all things were created by him, and without him, yeah. yeah. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Simple. And if you say nothing was made that was made, it includes spirits. It includes everything. Yeah. So how come what was created will counter the force of him that created it? Because in Africa, we love to celebrate the operations of spirits. Yeah. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. Engage the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's how we deal with all these forces. And lastly today, expose yourself to the right influence. Now that I can choose what influence I expose myself to, I want to expose myself to the right influence. I want to make sure that the right influence is what is at work in my life from time to time. I want to gain exposure. You know, many, many a times people are not able to engage change because they did not expose themselves to the right thing. Are you still with me? Yeah. Somebody who refused to leave the village Mentally, even though physically they're no longer in the village, they will still live a village life. Yeah. Are you still with me today? Yeah. Exposure. Expose yourself online. Read the right articles. Go to the right website. Expose yourself mentally. Expose yourself spiritually. Get the word in. Search for things. Get to understand how certain things work. 
expose yourself to the right company and association. Glory be to Jesus. Lift your right hand wherever you may be and just say, Jesus, I open my heart to you today. I cannot hear you say, Jesus Christ, I open my heart to you today. I declare that I'm ready for a makeover. I cannot hear you say, I declare that I'm ready for a makeover. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for transformation. Say 2020. It's a new me. It's a new me. Say my mind is open. My heart is open to newness. To change. Say I will not remain in my old ways. Say old things have passed away. All things are becoming new. Say old things have passed away. In my marital life, in my vocational life, all things are becoming new. Say it's a new me in this new year, engaging God in a new dimension. Say nothing shall hold me back. Say my mind is renewed. Say my spirit is at a lot to engage God that does new things. Say I see newness. All around me. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh today as the spirit of newness. Thank you, Father. Wave your hands to him. I'm praying in the spirit. Just wave your hands to him. Just wave your hands to him. And if there's a particular place where you know you need newness, this is the time to speak to God about it. This is the time to speak to God about it. The Bible says, if a man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Let him ask of God. Let him ask of God. Lord, I need wisdom for newness in this area. I need wisdom for newness in this area. Can you speak to God today? Lord, I need wisdom for newness on my job. I need wisdom for newness in this particular area. I want to see something differently so I can act differently. I want to see something differently so I can act differently. I want to see newness in this area. I want to see newness in this area. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your two hands with me, everyone.